Hello everyone, a very warm welcome to 40th episode of, uh, of Psychology Talks and today we're going to discuss a very very important topic and that uh, topic is very close to my heart that is all about psychology and that was the main reason that actually I created this platform, I created this podcast and I write all my blogs and articles because I love to spread knowledge about psychology and its importance in daily life. So today we're going to discuss uh, why, how and why it is important to understand uh, the human psyche and how in every different field the study of psychology or the knowledge of psychology is important. And uh, But before we start the show, I just want to remind you that uh, my challenge about the book, uh, The Algorithm of Life, the, the uh, book launch campaign, uh, it, the challenge is going on. And tomorrow is the last day to participate in, the, in that challenge. So if you want to participate in the challenge, Please do so, and tomorrow is the last day for that. Okay, so now moving on to our topic of the day, that the importance of understanding human psyche. And to discuss this topic, I have invited an expert psychologist, Silke Glab. She is the founder of Brain Boss and an official member of Forbes Coaches Council. She has more than 20 years of practical experience as consultant in organizations, institution in Europe, Africa, and Middle East. So let's welcome Silke. Hello, Silke. Hello, Hello. good evening. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you much. so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you. It's also an honor for me to be on your talk show. Which then, uh, with the nice title, psychology talk. So two psychologists yes. are talking today. Yes, yes, and actually, I was so looking forward to this show because this is the first time I am uh, having a guest a psychologist. You know, so it would be so much fun because you will be talking just like you know the way we think, and you know the way, especially the you know I think your thinking, especially as far as I know from your LinkedIn posts, from your different like uh, uh, videos, it's so much aligned and I, it would be so much fun. Yes, I'm also really looking forward to our talk yeah. today. Thank you. So, and thank you everyone who has joined us from YouTube, Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn. Please share that where are you from and if you have any question, please share in your chat and we will answer you in the, um, in the show, during the show. So before I actually move on to the discussion, tell us a little bit about yourself that why you chose psychology, what was your struggles during the career and how you cope up with that. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yes, uh, and it's a, a, a psychology story on its own when I tell you how yeah. I came <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. After my A levels, uh, we mm. got from the Ministry of Labor like a big, thick book with mm. all kinds of options what you can study. Now, mm. I was very much interested in science, but I was also interested in social studies. Mm. And I couldn't find something to combine both of them. So I thought I'd become a teacher and then mm. I choose a subject from science and from social studies. And then I don't know why um, someone pinpointed me to a, a psychology and also with their pre-story pre that mm -hmm. I could also go into economics because at that time it was very hit to employ yeah. psychologists into organizations to do assessments, to do uh, like uh, taking talents in, developing uh, talents, uh, these whole things of assessment centers, they came up during that time. And then I thought, wow, and I have science, social studies, economics in one thing. And uh, that's the reason I started to uh, study uh, psychology and I don't look back to that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. And then, um, you know, like when I can so much relate to it, when I was actually doing uh, the master's and I was like, I, I had a choice and between basically, because as you said, the economics was so much um, famous and uh, it, it's like it, it has its own demand of career in terms of career growth. So a lot of people actually suggested me to go for economics or MBA. So that's how they said that, you know, they will be, I will, I would have a better career growth, but uh, I also chose psychology because uh, uh, it's so close to my heart. I feel that this is something that whenever I study human mind or human personality, I feel good about myself and about others. So that was something that, you know, I feel that's the same as you said that, you know, you, under, you had the passion uh, for going to the teaching or something, you know, to understand human psyche and especially the assessment. This is very, very interesting. I always find these assessments so interesting because it used to fascinate me that, you know, how one um, test can understand the personality of the other person. So yeah. this was one of the major thing as well to understand how, how everything works. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, it's... Um this uh, science of psychology, what's behind it, it's actually the science of the human mind and behavior. And it yeah. has linkages to biology, they have link yeah. linkages to neuroscience, uh, to, to medicine. So it, it's uh, something in the center and it developed from philosophy, yeah, yes. which also reflects yes. why we are here on, on earth, what's Absolutely. our purpose. And, and this really fascinated me that you have all these overlaps mm -hmm. with uh, different disciplines. Mm -hmm. And for, for me, the science aspect was at that time when I studied psychology, nowadays you would say neuroscience. In our time, it was called biological <laughs> psychology, where yeah. you learn about uh, the brain, how, how it functions, the neural synapses and whatever. Yeah. And then you also, look like you have also these parallel studies of what's happening in the animal world. Yeah, and yes. Also animals, as we Absolutely. know, and how are uh, human animals uh, be behaving. 
So it's yeah. a really a fascinating subject. Yes, yes. Behavior and how we think and feel. Yeah. And, and I would just add to it that, as you mentioned, that it is like, you know, it is about understanding human, how they behave and not only um, just keep on understanding that, you know, human mind, how human mind work, as in like we use, you, you work, uh, you, uh, you study in biology or neurosciences or something. It is, it is connected with several other fields, as you said, that philosophy and uh, like I would say that humans are the essential element everywhere in this like whichever field you yeah. go to whether it is engineering or it's um, uh, astronaut uh, like astronaut like go to the space and any field you go name it because humans are there so it is essential to understand human behavior in that field so psychologists I feel that they can fit in everywhere because yes. human behavior applies everywhere and humans are there. So, and one thing that, and that is the one reason that, you know, I even started this, uh, uh, this psychology talks platform and these podcasts, because I want to let people know that the understanding of psychology is not limited to mental health or is not only limited to uh, just uh, treating disorder. In fact, it is very much necessary to understand the, uh, the human mind or understand psychology in every field because to perform better, to be more productive, uh, even in organize, I'm I'm a psychologist, like industrial psychologist, like in my yeah. uh, like this, and that's your special specialization as well, you know. So, yeah, so like you know, how yeah how how humans work in the organization and how their mind react to any uh, situation and how they behave and how we can increase their productivity. So that's very very interesting. That it fits yeah. in every field. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at like the, the basic courses in psychology, they were already divided. So you looked at the, the human being in its development. So it's a developmental psychology. They have even evolution, evolutionary psychology. Then there is social psychology, you as a human, in interaction with others in a group. And then you have... Um, also like basic functions of psychology like how we perceive our environment and how do we react to it and then later you can even differentiate what you said we went into industrial psychology there's educational psychology clinical psychology so many different adaptations of psychology and what you said it's always where the human when a human person is on its own or in interaction with someone else, wherever it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so now moving on to the discussion and let's see that people actually want to understand that how we can understand human psyche. So, okay, we have specialized in psychology, but those people who have not 
specialize in psychology what tips would you give that how they can understand human psyche how they can uh, uh, understand other human and how they can develop more empathy i would say that especially because it is very important to understand others as a human being so they can react in a more better way so what tips would you give yeah uh, there are two uh, let's say there are two entry points so okay. one point is that you look at the behavior of someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very obvious. And behavior is measurable. So you yeah. measure outside behavior and you can measure it in a certain time. Yes. And then you can also go more inside and understand how people are thinking and feeling. That's now the cognitive side. And even in therapy, you have um, uh, like a a part that only looks for behavior things and then you try to understand the behavior of a person and then help the person to adapt a certain behavior and the other one is what you may think about cognitive uh, therapy is to understand how a person thinks about it what kind of pattern someone has and you can access it by asking questions yeah, yeah yeah and let the person elaborate about something then there is also the entry point into personality of a person and for this you uh, you use psychometric tests yes and they're often like you give certain adjectives to a person on a spectrum and then people are supposed to say where they find themselves on this spectrum and also with this you find somehow like traits of a person like what they what kind of adjectives they associate with and which describe what are your values what are your strengths so you can assess it through a psychometric tests you can also make tests how someone is able to find patterns in something if someone is able to think creative if someone can focus on something that's more the structure of the brain mm -hmm. and then you have the cognitive entry into the human psyche and the behavior side of the human psyche yes yes that's that's very true i mean you you defined it so beautifully that you know like the two types of uh, i mean two parts of uh, personality behavior and cognitive one is like very visible through the actions, the behavior, that how a person is behaving. And the other part is the cognitive one. And sometimes, um, especially like in the organization or um, in, in, in the normal daily interaction with the people, it's like, you know, when the dissonance happen between the cognitive side and the behavior side, people are thinking something else. They are motivated by something else, but they are doing something else. And yes. that's how, you know, and that's when the the problem creates <laughs> everywhere. Like if you, you, you be it in the personal life or the career or in the professional life, you know, like I've seen that what happens is like people um, get stuck because when they think something else, but they do something else. And yes. that's yes. how, you know, you can see the people like sometimes you see when they are saying something and doing something else. Yeah. So that's and, one yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And there the thing in, in this is because our behaviors are already programmed. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah? Okay. Behavior is programmed over experiences. You learn something, you were in certain situations, and then a certain pattern of behavior is created. And if you repeat that several times, it's automatic. Yes. So now, out of sudden, you think differently, but maybe there is so far no behavior pattern to it. Yeah. And then your brain says, okay, you want this on a conscious level, but we have currently no program to act on it. Therefore, yeah. let me just go into default and I, I, I do what I always did. Yes. And, and therefore, it's very important if you really want to do something, you have to learn a new motor program to that, a new behavior program to that. And what you also said is we often, what we also do, we see a behavior of a person and then we conclude out <laughs> of that the intention yeah. of the person. This yes. person must have thought this and this Absolutely. person must be like that. And then yes. a behavior becomes a trait. So uh, like also with children, if they get like a, bur a burst or a tantrum or whatever, then we say, oh, this child is really angry. It's an angry child. Yes. And it was just an episode, a situation, and yeah. the child reacted to it. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. we conclude Ah, that's the trait of the child. It's always angry. Yeah, yeah. You actually pointed out so uh, valid point because that's the human psyche that we actually start judging people, and that's that's an automatic. I would say like unconscious way of you yeah. know behaving towards other people. When some person say a single thing, we think, oh my God, that person must have acted because of the reason, which is our thinking, not that person's thinking. Yes. And that's how we judge other. And this is this this helps also in one way because you know we don't have to learn again and again. Because you know something that we saw, we learn and put it in the subconscious and that that program runs on an automatic level. And that's how, like, we learn, let's say, when we are driving a car, we learn learned it once, and then we just programmed our mind to do it automatically. And then whenever we see the car, when we sit in the car, we start driving, you know. So that's, yeah. that helps us. But the thing is, the negative point is, then when we start judging other people on the same pattern, and that's how, that is when we need to think again, that are we judging people? because of our previous learning is it our thinking or the other person's really yeah. doing that so yeah yeah and, and you imply to someone their intention and you're not you you don't know yeah yeah and therefore in the workplace they um it's quite crucial if you have like an interview with uh, someone that you assess that person on the behavior you have observed that are measurable and not uh, something you intuitively bring up yeah, and conclude out of certain behaviors. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's why it is very important to actually take the human being uh, in totality, not just, you know, base your view on the appearance or on just one or two times of uh, interaction. You need to take the view of the person in totality, like how the person behaves from that point of this point. And then the, the other thing is that one thing is very important that whenever we actually respond to any other person, think before that, 
are is our action because of our thinking or because mm -hmm. of the person has acted on that so this is very important that you know one needs to be constantly aware of all these psychodynamics you know what's happening in the mind before reacting or responding because um one more thing i would like to highlight here because most of the time what people are uh do mistake is when they feel angry they they don't think they act so yes. at that point in time we need to realize that you know we need to control these emotions and emotions play again a very very important role we need to know that when are these emotions controlling us and when we need to control them so yeah yeah you you can also share some light that you know shed some light on that that for how emotions uh affect our behavior yeah it's um as someone one said there is a big difference between emotions and feelings yes emotions are actually sensations in your body so your subconscious mind has somehow triggered a reaction in your body a biological reaction in your body maybe your temperature rises maybe you start sweating maybe you feel your heart rate gets uh, higher or your pulse gets higher or you out of sudden you make fists and at that moment it's just still the biology the physiology of your body reacting to something that you're not always aware of at yeah. that moment and when we start to assess what's happening in our body these body sensations when we start to interpret them then the feeling comes and both yeah. are in different areas of the brain like the assessment of sensations in the body is done in the insula yes and therefore well, what i always ask people in any sessions what do you notice now and it starts with what are you sensing in your body and then how would you label that with what kind of feeling are you labeling it because this has consequences when i i'm excited and when i'm anxious i have similar body reactions so my heart rate goes up yeah i i feel like my temperature maybe also rises and then i can say i'm anxious and when i say i'm anxious i have more tendency to withdraw when i say i'm excited i'm still in for the run forward and yeah. it's the same activity level in 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 the body but with anxiety it's already overboard and i have to protect myself with uh, when i say it, i'm excited i'm still on a high run and i can perform actually quite well in that yeah. moment yeah and that's that's a difference it, it really starts uh, how you label a certain emotions in your body and are you aware to label them right and this is a lot of people they feel emotions in the brain yeah they say okay i i feel these sensations in in my head it's all in my head and i feel like this yeah interpretation comes in the head uh, but body sensations are actually in your body and often yes. it's uh, it's the tummy area chest yeah. area solar plexus 
these are areas where people feel the most or normally feel, feel a lot. Yes, yes, that's that's a very important point actually, because um, interpreting it wrongly has very very severe consequences, because and yeah. that goes with the fear also, because sometimes we associate that feeling of fear with something which is actually non-threatening and then this happens uh, if we do that we constantly uh, restrict our way to move forward so it's yeah. very important to know what's happening in our body and how to label that yeah That's and really if you express it if you're able to express it then you have access to another area of the brain that's more like logical analytic yeah. thinking and this one is blocked if you're just overwhelmed by your emotions because at that time there is a not such a strong link from this area which is called amygdala when this one is running you're yeah. like logical thinking is inhibited and yes. when you're able to really express and label what's going on then you are in control again that's yes. the most important part of it and then you normally regulate back your emotional response to it yeah that's that's very true very true we actually when we know that how the brain works we can actually do um, uh, use it much effectively and that's the reason why you know that's the, that's why it is very important to study psychology to understand human behavior so we can do we can behave in a much productive more efficient effective way okay now one thing that i also want to ask that a lot of people usually ask me since i think you are a hypnotherapist also right yeah. a lot of people get scared that hypnosis how do you can do this they say that like they run a pendulum and the person go <laughs> like crazy and they can do they become a robot so tell us a little bit about what is hypnosis and how does it uh, how can it be done yeah uh, hypnosis is actually like a, a proven a th a therapy of it yeah. And what most people fear is this stage hypnosis, yeah, where people are presented, they are walking like chickens and they fall all apart. Uh, you have to know that uh, people are being tested before. So yeah. the hypnotherapist, he, he tests uh, or she tests uh, people before. And then some people are more accessible for, for hypnosis and others not. Because you, there are two things happening during hypnosis. You distract from the outside world. So there could be a fire happening in the background and you don't bother anymore. And for this, you have to regulate down a certain part of the brain. And then you have more this introception and where you can control even certain aspects of your body. You can say, okay, my right hand is very relaxed now. My right hand is very relaxed. And you will see that your right hand sooner or later will be relaxed. So there are two things happening. First of all, you decide the outside world is not so important right now. Let me focus on myself in that you can actually control certain parts of the brain. And a lot of people, I believe, have uh, experienced that already in meditations, or they have done like progressive uh, therapy where you actually tell your body, okay, relax this, like uh, yoga nidra, yeah? 
Uh, you just tell a certain parts of your body you are relaxed now. And this is also part of uh, hypnosis, what's happening in the brain. So not everybody, most people are uh, eligible for hypnosis. Some, some people are not. And you can test it by, uh, I can demonstrate that. It was done by um, Mr. Spiegel. He's even a professor of uh, hypno. Yeah, he's a professor in uh, Stanford and he studies even hypnotherapy. So he's a very well-known person. And his father developed the, uh, this test. So you roll up your eyeballs mm -hmm. uh, you don't bring up yeah, your hands, only your eyeballs, eyeballs and okay. you fix the point on the ceiling and you really fix this point and you breathe in and then you close your eyelids and you breathe out. And when you start like vibrating here with your eyelids, mm -hmm. they start vibrating, okay. then you know you're quite eligible for hypnosis. <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's, that's an amazing trick. <laughs> like the trick, and then you can see, okay, uh, can I go further with hypnosis? Will the person follow me, or do I have to do another intervention? Okay. And this is just to uh, like switch the trigger mm -hmm. that you are now ready to leave the outside, yeah, okay. and concentrate more into an introspection. Oh, that, okay. That's behind it. And in hypnotherapy, uh, there are certain inductions that people can actually go very, very deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and some people even use it for uh, going to the dentist that they don't even yeah. feel any pains, but you have to be in a very relaxed state. How I work is more like uh, you're daydreaming. Yeah, so okay. you, uh, you still hear everything, you can still open your eyes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and in, in this kind of state, you have more access to your subconscious mind. And yeah. the subconscious mind is creative thinking, thinking outside the box. It's getting access to your memories. And mm -hmm. this doesn't mean that these memories are 100% how you experienced it. Yeah. They are already processed. Yeah, it's not the yes. real reality how yes. it was. But, but you get. Yeah, you get still access how you felt, how did it make, make you feel, and was, what was really the trigger point. And uh, yeah, you, you need access to, to this area of your brain, they call it also sometimes the default network, mm -hmm. where you can really uh, play around with associations, you have a more wider perspective that you won't have in a wake state, yeah, because you are a little bit more biased, yeah? yeah. But if you're in a relaxed state, you're more able to say, okay, let me see it from this perspective. Oh, I could have acted like, like this. Oh, it's actually also like, like this. And then you release also the emotional load of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that it's more like um, it's uh, used to um, uh, to treat uh, trauma because most of the time when people have gone through certain trauma they uh, they are trying to uh, curb down there like they need to they, they are suppressing their trauma because they don't want to bring those memories come back to the consciousness yeah. and that's when the problem comes in that you know uh, they fear they, they feel extreme anxiety only because the memory is trying to gain access to the consciousness and uh, 
and and that's how that's why I think this hypnosis part comes in, and they need to you need to be because um, what I have seen is like you know people need to be in a relaxed state to actually access those memories because uh, those memories or those trauma create severe tension in the body in the mind or like maybe anxiety or something so this is very difficult actually since of course you have been you're a trained hypnotherapist so you know that you know it's it's that that state of the person is very very vulnerable at that time and it could happen like that's why people even uh, experience seizures and frids uh, because of those memories and those things that you know and even uh, even if it's uh, sometimes even I've seen that people even feel physical pain because of some uh, past events or past memories. Uh, like I have been, uh, uh, I, I was also talking to one of the other psychologists. She is the clinical psychologist. And she said that like one of the patient came to her and she, uh, she was having a neck problem and she could not move to that side to certain like i don't remember the left side or the right side but she could not move to mm -hmm. one side and um, all the physical scans or all the physical reports were clear and they said that still she feels so much pain and everything and then when she started the therapy session she found out that at one point in her childhood she was embarrassed to i mean she felt at that uh, in the in the play area or something or in a park where mm -hmm. she actually felt so embarrassed and at that time she hurt her neck which was also not very severe uh, but then but that memory was stored in a way that was creating a pain for years and years and she could not move that so it's it's very important that you know these these type of memories if it's stored in like unconscious mind it does create physical pain as well right yeah, yeah. yeah. and as, as someone said when you have like a traumatic experience normally like the nerve cells they connect over synapses okay. and when you have a very traumatic event new, um, they, they call it new receptors for these connections are even created and they are only created for these traumatic events. Oh. And the only way to release these new built receptors is that you actually go back to the traumatic event. Otherwise, yes. you can never release it. And I'm not dealing like with trauma patient because I'm not a clinical psychologist. Mm -hmm. So people come with me, it's more issues of uh, their leaders. Mm -hmm. It's more issues of self-confidence, why they can't, uh, why they don't feel really confident and can be more successful than they could be. And then we figure out what, what really hinders them. Yeah, what's the... Yeah blocking belief, what's the blocking emotion, and then we go back in time to figure out when this whole program was even created, and then heal it in a way that you reflect, okay, the child or the teenager felt like this, and it's also okay, because at that time you didn't have more resources, and then later when it's healed, they go back to the same scene as an adult, and then the question is, how would you act now? 
And of course, they will have much better resources to deal with that past experience. And this also brings a new program and awareness. Okay, if I am in, in now in such a similar uh, situation, because the brain is very clever. Yeah. It always looks, okay, this situation, though it happened 20 years ago, it feels yeah. similar. It somehow yeah. it feels similar. I get the same feeling like before. And then you act like the child of 20 years ago yes. because you have not updated the program. So it's now important to bring you in as the 40-year-old or the 30-year-old and say, okay, now you're 30 years old. How would you act now to change the whole scene? Yeah. Forever. Yeah, very, very important. Actually, these, these are the things uh, that... Um, I would say that human beings uh, are designed to actually react to certain uh, stimulus or to the situation in a way that actually it builds a pattern. And, you know, when we see that, you know, our behavior is eventually all patterns, you know, like we see uh, everything, every perspective in certain pattern. And we need to realize that what pattern are we following? Are we following the pattern that empower us or that blocks our way? So this is, uh, I mean, I would say that psychology or the human mind, again, it's all patterns. All patterns yeah. one by one, like maybe we it's stored either in the childhood or in our adulthood and how we behaving it. So it's, I think it, when we study psychology or when we study human psyche, it makes us realize, it gives us to actually power to think or to reflect on us, um, on our own behavior as well. Like, you know, keep on thinking that, okay, why are we doing this? Is it the right way? Is it because we are thinking that way? Or is it because of our like default programming? <laughs> so something right. else. And then also to consider uh, how you are being influenced yeah of course yes. as a child they say from the age zero to seven you're just a sponge and you absorb yes. everything you create your first values and behavior and uh, beliefs and uh, la later like adults as we are we are also quite influenced by our peers by society by media and to be really aware that you can be still brainwashed in a certain yes. way when a certain message always comes, then you start believing in it. And yeah. it's very yeah. important to reflect if a certain belief, it's really your belief or a belief you have picked up from somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. Uh, actually, you pointed out so well, I mean, it's, it's so uh, good point here. Socrates says that, you know, like, uh, give me a child for seven years, then I'll give you a man. So like, till seven years, there is no critical thinking. We're just creating yeah. these patterns and patterns and patterns. And then the critical thinking starts after seven years. And that's why you see that, you know, uh, all children learn so fast because they are not their thinking is not restricted by critical thinking they don't ask that why we need to think why we need to learn they are just learning as it's coming so one one way in a good thing that we need to be open like a child 
to learn more ways, more things. Yeah. Yes. And uh, of course, the, uh, in, in our brain, when, it, when you're still growing, your brain grows and then has all this capacity to form these neural networks. Mm -hmm. And it goes very fast. If yes. you're already an adult, a lot of these connections are already formed. Yeah, you yes. have all these gray and white areas in, in your brain. And it's, it's harder when you're an adult to, to change certain patterns there. So it's not impossible. Uh, it, it takes more effort. It takes yeah. more effort to change and relearn and learn something new. Yeah, that's true. Because the, of the blockage, uh, yeah, because it's already full. Your brain is yeah. already full. Yeah. So um, we are actually now um, reaching to an end of the show. And uh, so um, before we um, close the show, what's um, one advice would you give to our audience today? Ah. <laughs> yeah, but what I always uh, like to, to uh, guide is it's never too late um, to relearn and to find out where, where really your passion lies. These years of the pandemic has really woken up a lot of people to really redefine their lives, where they want to be, and to really consider where are your talents, what are your strengths, it's not necessary that you have to bring them all into the workplace or in your career. There's ample of time where you can also play your talents and strengths in your community, as a hobby, with your family. But it's very essential that you really live these strengths of yours. And then also con consider what kind of impact you can create for others. Yeah. yeah? then it's, it's not only you and your self-actualization. It's also thinking about the environment, the community around you. And this will also bring you much more joy. Yeah? yeah. After you have really settled on your basic needs, that you have a roof under your head or above your head, that you have a certain income, that your family is safe, uh, you can do things parallel. I said you don't need to say, okay, but, but the job I have right now, it's not really according to my strength. Yeah, it's okay. You need the job to get your income, but uh, try to, to live it in at home in your free time, yeah? <laughs> to really get fulfillment in, in, in your life and see how your behavior affects others. Yeah, yeah. because we are social beings. And if you're more aware about yourself, then also consider how your behavior affects others. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very very good advice. And uh, thank you for uh, uh, being here and sharing a lot of valuable discussion and a lot of valuable insights today. Uh, I'm sure our audience have learned a lot from uh, you today. So um, just tell us, uh, tell our audience that how they can reach out to you. Uh, this is one I know your uh your uh website right this is the right one yes yeah yeah they can it yeah is. so they can yes. uh so or, uh, like if anyone wants to check out her work they want to contact they can re uh, click on this website and they can contact uh through this website uh she's also very active on linkedin so you can dm her you can chat with her 
through LinkedIn and any other uh, way, like you maybe any other social media you're using, so they can contact you there. Yeah, it's uh, for for now. I will shift uh, with the brain force method also on Instagram, but but this okay. will come next month. Yeah, the best uh, sources are LinkedIn and the website Brain Boss uh, Method. And I, I really wish you that you got some insights uh, from this talk because in the end it's for you, it's not for us. Yeah. And if some questions are coming up, uh, reach out to uh, uh, yeah. to to ask and then she, she can also contact me. Yeah, definitely. You can reach out to any of us, to me or, uh, or to Silke, so, and we'll be happy to help you out. And meanwhile, if you want to participate in the challenge, please do so. Tomorrow is the last day. So uh, if you want to register, please do it on the, the psychologytalks.com. So you'll get the updates about the book, about the other events, and you'll stay updated. So thank you and so much, everyone. Yeah. I'm yeah, and, and really, uh, I believe uh, Ambreen's book is something very, very deep and really helpful. And uh, please get it as soon as it gets on the shelves or on Amazon, uh, because it's really something that was in the pipeline for so many years. And it has really grown and ripe to something very, very beautiful, please. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words. It's, it really means a lot. <laughs> thank you so much for everyone to join. And most of all, thank you, Siruke. Uh, it was an honor to have you. Thank you. And it was an honor for me to be here and uh, to, yeah, to be in front of you guests and your listeners. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you and goodbye. Bye.